This podcast was recorded live at Petri Wine Studios in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in, thanks for listening. Uh, I just want to say a few quick things about this week's episode uh, before we get started. So this is another episode recorded in the Panel Riot Mobile, sponsored by Petri Wine and brought to you by Subaru. Subaru, that's good car. Um... I'm hoping that it will actually be the last one of these that we do for quite a while. Um, my studio is set up, and uh, as you can hear, my voice is golden. Once again, I've got a pop screen on the microphone, and uh, you know, it, it's just a much better experience for everyone when I record here and not not in the car. Um, but uh, but that being said, I did want to provide an episode for this week, and um, and I did uh, so. But, you know, be aware, it was recorded in the car, so the, the audio isn't the best in the world. But um, but it is an episode, and I, I really think it is something you're going to enjoy. Um, I was contacted recently by Marvel to uh, to give a pitch for the new, um, the new Avengers movie. They started filming, and uh, it, they ran into a lot of trouble just right away, just right away. I mean, they all they have so far is that, um, that one quick set video that had uh, Robert Downey Jr. and... Um, uh, I forget his name, Peter Quill, and uh, and uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So um, they reached out to me to see what I could come up with, and, uh, you know, I did my best. You know, I really worked hard on this one, and, you know, I think they're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to enjoy it, especially once it gets on that celluloid. You know what I'm saying? You know, once it, once it, once they put it pen to paper, uh, image to film, you know, it's, it's really going to be a good time. This is going to be a great, great film. Um, as long as they, you know, really follow my notes. And they had some notes of their own, and, and I think I worked it in as best I could. Um, but, uh, but before we get to all of that, um, I just want to read an email that we got. Um, we actually got this at the end of February, and I, I really do apologize um, that I didn't read it sooner, but, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it right now. It's from friend of the show, Mad Mike. Um, he has written us once again, and uh, and I like I said, I apologize, I didn't read this sooner, but uh, let's get to it right now. Good day, Panel Riot crew. Welcome back to the airwaves. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I would like to thank you for the recommendation to read the Vision standalone series. Wow, it was incredible. I am telling you guys, I'm telling you, read the Vision. Get on that. Marvel Unlimited and get after that vision. You will not regret it. It'll make you feel weird in that way that is great. Really touching stuff and a weird view into humanity. If you need a good DC book to try and get back into the that universe, I highly recommend both the Teen Titans series, both Teen Titans series. Really enjoying them thus far. Happy reading, Mad Mike. I, I will check that out. I was just having a conversation recently about how it would be so much easier if um, DC had an option similar to Marvel Unlimited. That would be great. I would, in a heartbeat, subscribe to that and just read read old Batman comics. I would read the you know the Teen Titans series, the pre New Fifty Two stuff, Court of the Owls, all this stuff I've been putting off reading. I would get into it. So if you're listening, DC, and I know you are, I know you guys are avid listeners. Um, take a good gander at Marvel Unlimited. And Comicsology Unlimited, and uh, and then do that, just that that exact same thing, just do that, and we'll and we'll all be happy. Um, and uh, one other thing before we get into the show here, 
Uh, I do kind of give a thanks to our Patreon subscribers at the end of the show, but I was exhausted. I was only operating on a few hours of sleep, and um, I want to give a proper thank you here at the top of the show. So, um, as always, our sincere thanks to Ed Burke at EdBurke37, Ellen Sergey at Coyotitude, Meredith Staten at Doodles, The Great at Sorgatron, and at... T squared at TJ. Thank you very much, all of you. On a scale of one to ten, they're the best. Folks, let's get into the episode. Uh, Forgive me for the bad audio, and we'll be back next week with a beautiful-sounding panel riot. Enjoy. Oh, Stan. Stan. Uh, Throw in the theme song before we start. Just throw... Come on, man. Didn't you... you, you You haven't dealt with this stuff with Jack? Seriously? He's not even here this week. No, I don't know where he is. Yes, I hold you to a higher standard than Jack. Is that what you want to hear? Could just, just, just play the theme. microwave it is already running we see inside is a burrito a single frozen shitty gas station burrito the microwave is spinning and spinning and spinning it beeps and it's done a hand comes into frame pops open the microwave takes the plate out closes the door Tracking shot follows the plate in the microwave over to a table. The burrito sat down on the table next to a beer. A dented can of shitty light beer. Coming in from the other side of the frame, another hand to grasp the burrito. An armored hand. Red, but dingy. Scratched up. We recognize it as an Iron Man gauntlet. The burrito is picked up. We hear eating sounds, chewing a little bit of... mm, Whoever this person is is clearly enjoying the burrito. They take a sip of the beer, maybe a gulp. The camera starts to slowly pan out until we see Tony Stark. One Iron Man gauntlet. He's wearing a white tank top, sitting at this table, illuminated by a single bulb. Everything is dingy. Everything is filthy. Everything is gross. He doesn't care. He's got a thousand yard stare. He's just eating his burrito. This goes on for a while. For too long. Too long. Tony's just eating this burrito and drinking his beer and having gross burps. Just when the audience thinks 
how could this possibly continue to happen? A knock on the door. You hear Thor's voice from outside the door. Brother Stark! Tony pops to his feet, aims the gauntlet at the door. Smash cut to Avengers. Infinity War. We see the title card, and we get the galactic space treatment. It zooms in to the very elaborate font through the hole in the A, probably, because every movie does that. And into space, into the space beyond. It zooms very, very slowly through the stars until flying into frame in a light homage to Star Wars. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Peter Quill's ship, which I don't remember what it's called. The Monaco? That seems wrong. It floats into space. Floats past the camera, and we see a little bumper sticker on the back. And turns out it wasn't an homage to Star Wars, it was an homage to Spaceballs, because there's a bumper sticker on the back, and it says, My other ship is Spaceballs. Smash cut to the cargo bay of the Monaco or whatever. Rocket Raccoon is in there, and he's dicking around with some technology. Just dicking around. Just having a good old fun time making bombs and guns and stuff. Now, at this point, spoiler alert, Groot has returned to his normal grown-up form. He's no longer Baby Groot. And he wanders into frame and says, I am Groot. And the audience applauds. There's a pause in the action. It's just silence while Rocket looks at Groot. And Groot looks back at Rocket with a grin, knowing that the audience is cheering and applauding and laughing like crazy. This is appropriate, as we are co-opting a few of the tropes from live studio audience sitcoms. It's, I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not into it. It's not exactly what I'm looking for, you know, but, you know, this came down from Disney, all right? They think that the sitcoms are going to come back in a big way, especially filmed in front of a live studio audience sitcoms. So, and you know what? They have the money. So, uh, pause for the laugh. Rocket shakes his head, goes back to his tinkering, right? Groot wanders off and then we hear that sweet sultry voice of Bradley Cooper and he's just mumbling to himself he's just mumbling to himself talking about building bombs and guns but guess what folks it's a dodge it's a twist because everybody thinks oh that's Bradley Cooper he's the voice of uh, Rocket Raccoon out from one of the holding pods comes Bradley Cooper. That's right, folks. Bradley Flippin' Cooper. Just the real dude. Just the real dude. And he's wearing normal Earth dude clothes. And he's handcuffed together. And then we get a a fun scene 
that's uh, it's it's pretty meta, right? So uh, the idea is that Bradley Cooper, the actor, is talking to Racket Raccoon, who he is also doing the voice for. Now, obviously, we can't have him doing the voice while uh, while he's talking to him. That would that would just be too much uh, for the audiences, I think. So, I mean, we'll get a celebrity impersonator, maybe Mel Blanc's son. Uh, maybe that guy who does all the voices on Futurama, I don't know. Uh, we'll fix it in post. Um, we'll do some ADR, it'll be great. But right now, we got Bradley Cooper talking to Racket Raccoon, okay? In walks Peter Quill. And we get that, we get that wonderful, beautiful, close-up hero scene. Like the three-quarters view of his face, and he's got the smirk, and it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's really just, uh... Uh, it's Peter Quill in all his swaggery glory, and uh, and you know he's immediately right out of the box just dropping '80s references. He's just dropping '80s '80s references. That's what he does. He calls Bradley Cooper, oh I don't know, uh, Splinter? No, that's uh, that doesn't work. Krang? No, no, that's no good. Um, Egon. He calls him Egon. He's like, listen, Egon, you need to get back in your cell. Because we've got Ravagers on our tail, and you're going to fall down and get hurt, and your precious cargo. And Bradley Cooper starts mouthing off to him, so Peter Quill, you know, in that anti-hero way, just punches him in the face. Just gives him real, uh, just a good hard sock in the mouth, right? Real hard sock in the mouth, knocks him clean out in that way that I don't think actually happens in real life. And then uh, uh, Groot catches him as he is falling over and puts him back in his cell, yeah? All right. So, we see Bradley Cooper being walked, carried by Groot, down this big, long hallway. A door slides open, and Groot drops him in his cell. At this point, he's starting to come around a little bit, and then we hear another voice. We hear another voice from the cell right next door. And that voice says, I told you. Bradley Cooper at this point is waking up. He's hurt. He's like, ah, Jesus, can't you just leave me alone? We pan over. Who's in the cell? Sandra Bullock. Sandy B. That's right, folks. Sandy B in this new Avengers Infinity War movie, Sandy B. She's right there sitting next to Bradley Cooper. Now, what follows is a lot of backstory. It is a lot of backstory. And they talk about, um, you know, how they know each other and their time together. And, you know, they reference a movie that maybe isn't out yet. You know, we can we can really, you know, bump up the synergy uh, in this in this scene here, we can talk about other, you know, Disney properties that aren't necessarily out yet that are starring Bradley Cooper and, uh, and Sandra Bullock. Because, I mean, I, everybody, you know, 2018 is the year that these two are teaming up. You know, I know you guys are hanging your hat on this, so we can really incorporate some synergy here. And this scene is a good, like, 15 or 20 minutes, right? And I'm thinking just maybe we take... Just one long cut, one long, uh, not cut, I'm sorry, one long scene, no cuts, of this conversation. We do it in one take, right? Birdman style. 
but it's also very emotional and it's very moody, like uh, uh, before sunrise style, you know what I'm talking about? And this conversation just goes and goes and goes. And they never actually get to why they're on the ship, why they're here with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is fine. You know what? We've got to have some mystery. We're still early on in this in this, uh, in this this film, even though we're about 45 minutes, half an hour, uh, even possibly an hour at this point in. So, they have their conversation. It ends on a laugh. These two are clearly old friends at this point. They really enjoy themselves, lots of chemistry, and they're also in a space break. We cut to the bridge where Gamora is piloting with Drax. Okay? Now, we're right hot and heavy into the action at this point, okay? Just immediately, just right into the action. It's a jarring cut from the conversation between uh, America's Sweethearts, Bradley Cooper, and Sandra Bullock. Um, it's just, we're right there, okay? And it's immediately space battles, okay? Just uh, the Ravagers are, you know, hunting down um, our heroes, and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and, um, you know, Drax is doing some piloting, and Gamora at one point gets up to um, do some work uh, on the ship, try to, you know, reroute some systems or, you know, whatever techno babble, and, um, and, Drax is having some problems shaking them, and, and she says, do a barrel roll, and of course, you know, Drax takes everything super literally, so he pulls out, uh, uh, uh um, uh, what is the, is, uh, uh, those, those little candies, the little candies, little root beer, root beer barrel candies, and, uh, and he starts, uh, uh, crushing it up and rolling it into sushi, and she's like, no, you idiot, and she f- jumps over and grabs the controls and does a barrel roll, and, 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 and four Ravagers just fly into each other and just smash and explode, and, and those lives are, are lost and, and dead, you know, they're, they're gone, and they absolutely had families and friends and, um, you know, rich, full lives that are now lost, just in in the blink of an eye, just 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 like that, they're gone. These four ravagers, who, uh, you know, these were people, these were real life people, and there's just nothing left of them. There's not even anything left for their families to bury. You know what I'm talking about? Like this is a space explosion, right? And you know these, you know these these. Um, ships are working on, you know, crazy, crazy nuclear reactor cores to just be able to fly around and do whatever they want in space, in space. That is just high levels of combustion, right? And, and since they're ravagers, you know, they're just, you know, uh, collecting scrap and everything like that. So they, they built these ships out of nothing. So they're really unstable and really messed up. And, and, and maybe it's not even, like, not even all four of them exploded, but one of them exploded so badly that it damaged the other three, and they couldn't eject in time, and just, just dead. Just these, these real people of various alien races are snuffed out from the universe. They are miracles. They are absolute miracles of existence, and now they're dead. They're gone. Because Gamora did a barrel roll, and, you know, we needed it to look really cool, and so the Guardians could get away from these, from these Ravagers, right? 
I mean, they're real people. They were real. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the guardians get away, and um, all right. Uh, uh, um, you know what? I, I I just I need a minute. Just just give me. All right. We'll we'll be right back. Listen, let's have a conversation, you and I, about space. Space is uh, terrifying, uh, and it's also, you know, really interesting. You know, there's some there's some fun stuff out there. Um, specifically, the Empathy Drive. Uh, the Empathy Drive is a web comic by uh, by Zeke. Um, you know, uh, artist, creator, owner of uh, Soul Sworn, which you know and love, and uh, and he's back with a brand new creation, new sci-fi creation, and. Um, so the general idea is that uh, humans have gone out into space and they're colonizing and they have um, invented this new, basically, miracle technology that lets them talk to stars and, um, you know, uh, speed up evolution and all of this stuff. And it's, it's, it's the opposite of the Prime Directive. You know what I mean? The Prime Directive is do not interfere with, um, with the natural progression of races um, and cultures and all that. And... This is the opposite. Just humans went out and meddled with every single thing they could find, right? And um, and they go deeper and deeper into space, and then they find something they don't like, and they can't handle it. So they leave immediately, retreat completely back to Earth, um, leaving just chaos in their wake. All these all these uh, civilizations that weren't supposed to be civilizations for, for years and years and years. Um, and, and, and this is the story of what happens after that, after the withdrawal, after they all return to Earth, throw up the shields, and totally isolate themselves. And it's funny, and the art is fantastic, and there are animations which just enhance an already fantastic comic. So go and check it out at your earliest convenience, uh, empathydrive.com, and uh, and enjoy. Just just have a good old time. Read through the archives and uh, and subscribe for new episodes. Enjoy. All right, we're back. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors. I love each and every one of you, one and all. You're the best. So, the Guardians go to Asgard. After committing horrible, terrible murder, they go to Asgard, looking for Thor. And they land... There's no one around. So It is the Asgard that we've seen before. Rainbow Bridge, Tall Spires... CGI stuff the whole night but no one is there and the reason for this is oops we forgot this is taking place after Thor Ragnarok which of course the audience knows but the Guardians don't because they didn't they didn't see it I mean everybody else did I mean everybody else knows uh, about how awesome it was and about how it was mostly a Hulk movie just kind of backdoored into a you know Thor movie and which is really just a Loki movie and Doctor Strange was there too um but 
so they're walking around and they're like, oh, where's Thor? And also everyone else. And Groot says, I am Groot. And, um, and also, uh, a dog shows up. Not dog, not Cosmo, not the dog from the, the first Guardians movie, but just a dog. And it's a door, I mean, it's super cute. Like, it's a bigger one, like, it's a, it's a lab or a, or a collie or something, you know, whatever does the best with test audiences. <clears throat> but it just kind of trots up to the Guardians and uh, Gamora is freaked out. She's like, what is this creature? And then Peter Quill gets a faraway look. And he's like, he's going to help us find Thor. Smash cut to, um, you know, that weird song that they were commissioned for um, Civil War or whatever, right? And the title screen, Brooklyn. And we're just we're just gonna play this the scene again from uh, from Civil War where Spider Man is introduced right and Tony Stark rolls up and you know the the whole you got the the stuff with him and Marissa Tomei and um, and it's it's really great and the the reason for this is we're getting so much bang for our buck here everybody loved that scene everybody just shit their pants and they're gonna do it all over again you know they they won't even realize that they're just seeing the same scene over again. I mean, we'll have to do a little bit of CGI because last time we saw Tony, you know, in that cold open, he was in, he was in bad shape, right? So, you know, maybe we'll, you know, leave the scene as is, but put him in sweatpants, you know? We can, we can totally do that, and it is way cheaper than having, uh, having, um, uh, Downey back in to film, you know what I mean? Like that shit is expensive, and sweatpants are cheap. So we'll just we'll just run that whole scene again, okay? And it's like it's like Spider-Man's being all introduced again, and they're gearing up for some kind of thing, and they don't know what it is, um, or, or we don't know what it is. Uh, and before it was Civil War, but now it's it's something else. You know what I mean? It's it's really something else. So um, after that, and we have the touching, you know, the, the quick origin story, um, that Peter talks about, uh, about Uncle Ben and everything like that, um, and, and you know what, it's also kind of like a quick little meta commentary for the, you know, for the, for the fans about, uh, you know, well, we keep telling this origin story, everybody keeps telling Spider-Man's origin story, well, we're doing it too, we're doing it too, um, literally, we're just replaying it again you know, for the eagle-eyed viewers, so, at this point, at this point, um, we kind of shift over to a funeral, it's your absolute, like, classic funeral scene, um, everything's in black and white, and, um, all the Avengers are assembled, with the exception, of course, of, of Tony Stark. He's not there. Spider-Man's not there. Um, but everyone else is. Everyone else, you know, you got Falcon, Vision, uh, Wanda's there, uh, Cap makes an appearance, uh, Black Panther has showed up, um, they took, uh, they took Winter Soldier out of the deep freeze for this one, um, you know, just, just the whole, everybody, uh, War Machine is, is miraculously healed and also there, um, and, uh, he's just wearing his War Machine, like, pants, right? Just the pants. 
um, and it looks, it's bulky and weird, but, um, he's, he's, we're playing up that PTSD thing that, that we did in, uh, in Iron Man 3, like, uh, his legs work okay, but now he's kind of paranoid about it, so he's just wearing the, the, the War Machine pants, which are noisy, um, minimum, bare minimum, they are noisy during this funeral scene, and, um, so we've got, we've got all of them, and then we, we also have, you know, in the foreground, um, we've got, uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow, right, um, and they're, you know, dressed very, very sharply, but also in mourning, um, Hawkeye's got a suit on, Black Widow's dressed in black, and she's got the, um, the veil, and you're trying to figure it out, like, oh, who is it, who is it, who is it, who died, who died, who died, um, and, uh, and then we kind of, a priest steps into frame, and this is prime Stan Lee, uh, cameo material, okay, he should play the priest, um, and what we can do is, every Stan Lee scene before this has been just, you know, just a one-liner, and it's really funny, and he's just there, and he's like, oh, look, it's Stan Lee, we're gonna take a left turn, and it's gonna be a touching eulogy, I mean, he's really, he's just gonna go on and on, and he's gonna talk about mortality, and how, you know, every man must answer for his actions, and everything like that, and it's, it's gotta be, I mean, we really, we cannot, uh, drop the ball on this one, because, it's, it's got to be touching, and people, I mean, people need to be crying in the theater, just tears streaming down faces, I want people to have this speech tattooed, just uh, down their ribs, because, I, I mean, uh, okay, research shows that, that millennials, um, you know, uh, 18 to 34, um, they, when they get, they get tattoos, tattoos are very popular again now, and, and they always get them on their ribs, okay, it's tattoos and smoking, it's all back, and the tattoos, they happen on the ribs, so it's got to be something, I want to see this on every, every kid's ribs for the next 10 years, minimum, this touching, moving, stirring, a little bit funny, a little bit irreverent speech, by Stanley, who is also a priest, and finally, he wraps it all up by saying, and finally, we lay to rest the body of Bruce Banner, and, um, Black Widow is clearly shaken, but she doesn't cry, she does not cry, because she's, she's strong, she's a strong woman, and, she's touched, clearly, and she's sad, she's upset that this is happening, but she does not cry, and everybody throws dirt on the casket, and, I mean, it's silent, you know, you think you're gonna get some fun interaction with all these, no, it is a somber funeral scene, I'm tired of these irreverent funeral scenes, and it's raining, and everybody just kind of walks off, and they all go in different directions, because they're, I mean, sort of Avengers, but they have not really assembled, they have only kind of technically assembled, and you get a nice touching scene between Hawkeye and, and, uh, and Black Widow, and he just kind of, you know, 
puts his hand on her back and gives her a little smile and she gives a little smile back and a nod and he goes off you know to his family um and uh she walks off and starts uh, you know heading for her car which she's driving herself and she pulls out her cell phone and then we hear the voice we hear the voice of uh mark ruffalo and it says hey nat how was the funeral and she says it was touching you should have been here He's not there! Bruce Banner is alive. He's not dead. She gets in the car, and, you know, everybody goes off, and then we we take a... We have a slow pan over to the grave site where... Um... where, Where we thought Bruce Banner was buried, and, you know, the rain is spattering against the dirt and, you know, the coffin and everything like that. And it, you know, a slow pan over and a slow zoom in. And then... Jump scare! A giant green fist bursts out of the dirt and out of the coffin. Now, wait a minute. Bruce Banner, we just established, was not dead and in that coffin. Who is it going to be? Well, it's She-Hulk, but we're going to, you know, hold off on that one. That's We're not even going to explain it in this particular film. That's going to come into play later. Uh, when we do the She-Hulk film, which is, um, <clears throat> which is actually, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, legal thriller. We're, we're getting, um, uh, uh, Pelican Brief. Yeah, who wrote that? Um, John, John Grisham? John Grisham. Yeah, that, sure, why not? We're going to get him in, and, uh, and he's going to write us a, a legal thriller, and then we're just going to drop, uh, She-Hulk's name in everywhere, and then for the second half of the film, she's, um, she's bulky and green. Uh, we're still workshopping it, but we really think we're going to make a lot of money on toy sales. Lawyer Jen. Okay, um, so it, it's just, it's a quick cut. Just boom, fist out with a little growl and, uh, uh, and or just a real quick cut. And suddenly we're, um, we're back on Asgard and uh, just not a moment has passed. Not, not a single moment and um, is... It's where Peter just said, he's going to help us find Thor. And Drax is just baffled by this. um, Because it's an animal, and he doesn't know how animals or words work. So he's just totally blown away. And, you know, we'll we'll write it in later. You know, so he says something to the effect of, um, you're an idiot, and dogs can't talk, and and all of this stuff. And, And then, um... Peter breaks from being very dramatic, and he's like, oh, uh, 80s reference, um, oh, no, he's, you silly, he's gonna help us find Thor, and, um, what, what happens is, he's got a little, um, he's got a little collar around his neck, this dog does, right, and he's got a little, little gem on the collar, right, so, um, Rocket rolls up on the dog, and, um, you know, there can be some kind of joke about mm, family resemblance, you know, because they're both furry, um, and, uh, he takes this little gem, and, uh, he's, he's blown away by what he sees, and he's like, don't you flargans know what this is? And, um, and they're like, 
no, is it, what is it, is it his name? What is it? And, uh, he's like, no, it's the light of Xenon. Is it Xenon? I don't remember. It's, it's the, 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 the gem from Men in Black 2 that actually contains a universe or whatever, right? That's a marble or whatever when they zoom out. And, um, that's what it is. And his dog has it around his neck. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, Bradley Cooper as Rocket is like, I think Quill was right. I think this is going to help us find Thor. And he takes the gem and pops it in his mouth. And everyone's like, oh, no, ah, gross, blah, blah, blah. And, um, he's like, calm down, I had to clean it, or whatever, and he pops it in a little device, and a little, um, galaxy map pops up, and, um, indicates where Thor is, and it turns out it was Earth, and, um, and then we get that slow pull in on, on Peter Quill, and he's like, looks like I'm going home, and, um, another smash cut to Earth, and, and Tony Stark, you know, we, we're finally, finally, finally back to Iron Man Tony Stark, um, and, uh, you know, Thor knocking on his, uh, on his door, and, um, he's like, all right, all right, hang on, hang on one minute, and, um, he finishes eating, again, very slowly, and just sloppily, just getting, just shit and stains all over his shirt, it's disgusting, like, you can, you can see the stink lines coming off him, like, pig pen from peanuts, you know what I mean, just, a, there's just a cloud and stink lines, you know, um, it's, it's really unpleasant, and, um, he opens the door, and without saying a word, just, pow, repulsive blast, just straight into Thor's chest, which, um, you know, Thor isn't really phased by, because, I mean, it's Thor, you know, he bounces off his golden abs, and, um, and, and, and he's fine, right, he laughs it off, and, gives Tony a big hug, and then the smell hits him, and we get that, oh, it's a classic goof, it's a classic goof, and he's like, oh, oh, friend Stark, you smell like Tooth Nasher, my seldom seen goat friend, but in behind, um, behind him walks Tooth Nasher, um, his goat friend, you know, and, um, you know, just the more animals we can get into this, the better. Seriously, we got that dog, we got this goat, Rocket kind of counts. Um, and of course, he's like making goat noises and he's walking over and eating tin cans. He finds a tin can uh, and all this stuff uh, in Tony's weird apartment. And um, they're like, What, 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 uh, what happened to you, friend Stark? And, um, Tony, you know, is very flippant, and he's like, oh, nothing, I'm fine, what do you mean, nothing's different, I look exactly the same way that I did, and, um, Thor kind of arches an eyebrow, and he's like, this is because Pepper left, isn't it, and, um, Tony's like, don't you mention her name, don't you say her name, and he, like, charges up his repulsor blast again, which, you know, we've established doesn't do anything, but Tony doesn't care, um, and Thor is like, what happened, and then Pepper pops out from uh, another room, and she also is just, just filthy, and, and super, you know, looking tired, and, and worn down, and just been eating cans of beans, you know, 
um, but still lovely, you know, still, you know, really elegant and really lovely, because this is Gwyneth Paltrow we're talking about, you know, she's, you know, that's going to shine through, no matter how much filth and hobo makeup uh, we put on her face, right? And we're really, we're really going to cake it on here. Um, and, uh, she, uh, she, she pops out and Thor is surprised to see her and she looks at Thor and she, and she, she says, what the hell are you doing here? And her eyes start to glow red because it's a reference to when she got the, um, the, what you call it all up in herself. What was it? The extremists from Iron Man three. And with that, folks, uh, that's the quick cliffhanger. Yeah, but boom, uh, we got to go to commercial. So uh, stick with us for the uh, grand finale of Avengers Infinity War Part 1. We'll be right back. Books, books, books. Books, books, books. I know you love books. I love books, too. I mean, come on, you're listening to a podcast about comic books. Clearly, you like reading something. I got good news for you. You're spending all your time reading comics, right? That's fine. That's great. I'm on board. I'm supportive of your lifestyle. But the fact of the matter is, there's other books, too. Big, huge, amazing novels. Short, hilarious, not novels. There's more to life than comic books. There's more books out there. But I hear you say, Will, I don't have the time to read all these. I'm reading comics all the time, man. I'm reading comics, and then I'm driving to work, and then I'm working, reading comics on my lunch break, getting off work, driving home, reading more comics, and then go bed. When am I going to read books? Well, I've got great news for you folks. There is a service for you. They will read the books to you. That's right. You know it. You love it. Audible.com. And now, as a listener of Panel Riot, you get an exclusive offer. Head over to audibletrial.com slash panel riot. Get a free audiobook today. One free audiobook, totally yours to keep. Enjoy it. Listen to it on your drive. Listen to it while you're working, providing you don't have to talk to people very much. Listen to it whenever you're not reading comics. May I recommend Marvel Comics, The Untold Story by Sean Howe? Let me tell you folks, this book is straight up fascinating. And it is also massive, which translates into a lot of hours of entertainment for you. Find out about the history of Marvel Comics, what it was like when they were coming up, and uh, what that bullpen really was like when uh, when Stan Lee was running things. You can also relive the 90s, which was horrible. Uh, folks, head on over one more time to audibletrial.com slash panel riot and get your free audiobook today. Thanks. All right, we're back. Thank you again to our sponsors. You make the sunshine and you make me feel warm inside my heart and mind. <laughs> um, so, all right, where do we leave off? Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the horrible, mur- horrible murderers have um, found a dog and they're going back to Earth. Iron Man has shown up, and um, Pepper, he's living with Pepper in a dingy apartment, uh, with, and then Thor is hanging out, um, let's see here, we had the brief She-Hulk introduction, Hulk is still kicking around space, and Jesus, how did the Russo brothers do this? 
there's so many um, characters. Just, just a, there's just a lot going on here. I mean, how? And we're in the third act. We're in the third act already. Already, we're in the third act. Man, I haven't even gotten into Captain America, <clears throat> and um, and what he's been up to, and you know, uh, was it Agent Thirteen or Agent Thirty Seven? The uh, 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 Agent Carter's great granddaughter or granddaughter or whatever. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta talk about her and her you know troublesome relationship with Steve. And, uh, and all of that stuff, and, and we, I mean, hey, we got it, we've got to have some Spider-Man, you know, heavy on the Spider-Man, that really's got to be, I mean, it's a big selling point, and, um, we're going to work in that Wolverine cameo, because we got Hugh Jackman to come back, it's just really, um, it's, it's really, you know what, it, it's part one, you know, we'll fix a lot of this stuff in post, some creative editing, it'll be great, so, um, uh, so, okay, well, let's, uh, let's, real quick, we'll go back to the apartment scene, and, um, let's see here, Pepper's like, what the hell are you doing here, and Thor's like, we need you, and she's like, suit up, and Tony's like, really, and she's like, really, um, and then they do, and, um, he puts on his Iron Man armor, you know, uh, he takes a shower, yeah, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. takes a shower, absolutely, and, you know, we can get a little cheesecake in there, you know what I mean, we can show some of the abs, <coughs> excuse me, uh, so far, Robert Downey Jr. has done well, you know, he hasn't really had to show off his, um, his abs the way we did with, um, oh, uh, man, I didn't, I totally forgot about Ant-Man, uh, Okay, um, he was there the whole time. He was there, Paul Rudd, uh, Ant-Man, he was there the whole time, you know, in, in, in every scene. He was just very small, and, um, he's, he's the, the, the thread that is gonna, you know, he's gone through all the, the plots, and he's pulling them all together. He, cause he was there for all of them, and he knows all the secrets, okay? Um, there, alright, Paul Rudd, we got Paul Rudd back in the film, great. Um, so Robert Downey Jr. hasn't had to show off his abs the way we did with Paul Rudd, but, um, you know, it's time. So he takes a, an extended shower, very steamy, um, maybe show a little butt, and um, uh, and puts on his Iron Man suit, and um, uh, Pepper puts on her suit, and her suit is rescue. We're introducing the rescue character, and you know we'll put in some kind of something about how um, the suit is amplified by her extremist powers, and it focuses her flames and keeps her cool, or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's like keeping the shrapnel from Tony's heart, and it's keeping her powers under control so she doesn't catch on fire and die, um, and, uh, her version of Jarvis is Ewan McGregor, and it's not even, like, a clever name, it's not, like, Friday or Jocasta or whatever, it's, no, it's just straight Ewan McGregor, um, Everybody loves Ewan McGregor, and, um, frankly, I owe him a couple of favors, and I think this might help that, um, so it's got to be Ewan McGregor, okay, no two ways about it, so, um, they suit up, and, um, they're all about to take off, they're all on the roof of this, you know, apartment building, uh, which is in New York, uh, right, and, um, there are, we, we get a cool scene where they're all kind of hovering, all three of them, and having a conversation about, you know, what the threat is, and what's going to happen, and Thor's there, and, um, and then Spider-Man swings in, and he shows up, 
and he's like, hey guys, what's going on? Quip, quip, quip. Thwip, thwip, thwip. Uh, and, um, and Thor explains, he, like, Thor goes to attack him, and Iron Man's like, no, 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 this is Underoos, or whatever. Um, this is, this is 90s reference. And, uh, <laughs> and Thor's like, oh, okay, cool. And they're having a conversation, they're catching Spider-Man up, and, uh, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy roll in, right? Because they were headed there, because they're looking for Thor. And Thor's like, hey, what's going on? And they explain the big threat. And Thor's like, oh, yeah, I, I knew about that. I'm, I'm aware about Thanos. Um, and the Guardians are like, well, what are you doing here? And he just kind of vaguely gestures to Iron Man, who waves. Um, and uh, he's like, hey, Pete. At Peter Quill. Because Iron Man knows. And uh, Spider-Man goes to say, oh, cool, your name's Peter, too. And then he cuts himself off. And he's like, mm, oh, never mind, nothing. I didn't say anything. Um, they're like, who's this guy? Why is he wearing underoos? And, you know, Tony's like, ha, 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 ha. It's a little reference to what he said uh, about him before, right? So, you know, everybody's all uh, all gathered up here on the rooftop, and they're all kind of, like, airborne and going to go off into space. And, um, you know, we can have a throwaway line, like, should we call anybody else? And they're like, no, no, we're probably good. And then... Um, leaping up over the edge of the, uh, the, the, you know, roof of the apartment building is Wolverine. You just see, like, this clawed hand come up over the edge and shink, and he's been using his claws to climb up, and he's like, I finally found you, bub. And he says, bub. And, uh, no, you don't really know who, who he's talking about originally, you know? And he goes to, um, attack somebody on that rooftop, you know, and, uh, it's a fake out. It's a fake out. He was chasing a pigeon, which he skewers, uh, with his claws and then eats. Um, gotta be all fake. Gotta be all fake. We are not getting into the, uh, the ASPCA. You know, we want that thing at the end. No animals injured. So gotta be fake. Okay. Heavy on the CG. So he, um, he catches the pigeon and, uh, you know, Iron Man scans his records, they come up empty, so does Pepper, and, uh, it's Spider-Man who's like, oh, hey, I know this guy, and he, uh, kind of recounts a brief encounter he had with him at one point where, um, uh, well, this is, this is, you know, if we want to work in the F-word, now's the time, uh, you know, we can have, like, a flashback, just, just like they did in, um, that, in the X-Men First Class movie, where uh, Wolverine shows up, drops an F-bomb, leaves, you know what I mean? Um, so he remembers that, and everyone's like, whew, that's uh, rough. Uh, you want to come to space and fight a uh, big purple guy? And Wolverine's like, sure, is there beer? Because, you know, he likes beer. Um, yes, there's beer, and because uh, Peter has it on his ship, and so they, uh, they all go to take off. Oh, and Deadpool shows up, and he's like, hey, me too! And... Uh, He's also in the ship. And, I mean, at that point, you know, we get an hour and a half of just Deadpool quips. You know, he's just, it's just like, he's over here, and he's talking to Rocket. And then he's having a conversation with Groot. And that's hilarious, because, you know, it's one-sided, but it's not. And then he's he's just staring at uh, uh, um, uh, 
Gamora, and she's staring back, and eventually, you know, he goes to say something or touch her, and she just cuts his arm off, um, and, uh, he's messing with, uh, Batista, I can't, I'm sorry, Drax, I can't remember his name, um, he's messing with Drax, just kind of patting him on the head or whatever, and, you know, all of this stuff, and he's going down to the brig and talking to Sandra Bullock, and, you know, we can do some real fourth wall stuff here, um, where they're just, they're just, you know, talking about real life stuff, and, uh, you know, he can take off the mask, and we can have, you know, a brief thing about, um, their proposal, the movie that, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock were in together, it's gonna be great, you know, this is the kind of, this is exactly what people are coming to see, uh, in this movie, just, just Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds, um, having a conversation, um, now what we don't have is any interaction with him and Wolverine, okay, it's a rights issue, we can't, we can't do it, nobody really wants to see it anyway, like, it's not a thing, um, but it's just, um, it's just, we can't do it anyway, so no big deal. Um, at this point, uh, we find ourselves in, in a bit of trouble, because we have, you know, some of the Avengers, some of our, you know, famous Marvel properties here, um, and, you know, they're all heading off to fight Thanos, but then we've, uh, we have all the other ones, and, you know, everyone's in this movie, they're all contractually obligated, um, all the way down to the, the, you know, the, the, the scientist who helped make Vision, you know, she's gonna be in this movie, she's already signed the contract, we were just, give, just throwing them away, just giving them away, you know what I mean, um, if, if, if they were in a Marvel movie and had a speaking line, you know, we're like, oh, you're gonna be in Infinity War, right, because we just wanted to have, we wanted to make sure everyone was gonna be there, so, um, uh, I think, and I know that we're going to get some pushback on this, but I think the best thing for us to do at this point is introduce the Beyonder. I didn't want to do this, um, but, you know, we're, we're coming up to the, the, the end of this movie, the big standoff with Thanos, and everyone's got to be there. We have to have that hero shot, just like in the Avengers, the first one, but it's going to be like 20 minutes, because it's got to be all, uh, of the Avengers, so, alright, so Beyonder shows up with his golden curls, you know, this has got to be Disco Beyonder, because we want the fans to recognize him for, for what he is, you know what I mean, just immediately, right away, just, boom, there's the Beyonder, I know that suit, I know that hair, I know those powers, you know, there are, there's no more iconic characters than the Beyonder, so, you don't mess with perfection, so the Beyonder will show up, and he'll be the one to gather everybody up, and be like, you're needed, you're needed, you're needed, whatever, you know what I mean, and, and, uh, let's see, who can we get to play the Beyonder, um, uh, Sylvester Sloan, no, 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 he's gonna be in the new Guardians movie, uh, Kurt Russell, no, he's not gonna be in the, um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, he would make a great Beyonder, oh, no, no, he's Doctor Strange, ah, Doctor Strange, Oh, we forgot about Doctor Strange. Crap. He was there the whole time, too. He was there. He was uh, astral projecting, watching everything. Um, he was he was there the whole time with, uh, with uh, Ant-Man. Um, and he knew Ant-Man was there, but Ant-Man didn't know he was there. And, uh, you know, he, he was... Uh, we'll have a fun little interaction between Paul Rudd and Benedict Cumberbatch at some point. At some point. Jesus, this is hard, um, okay, uh, so the Beyonder pops around, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're still gonna deal with casting, um, uh, we can't have, 
can't have, uh, no, you know, Bradley Cooper's already doing double duty on this one, we can't throw him in again, um, we could, we could bring in Patrick Stewart, um, and just say, I'm taking a familiar body, right, um, and put him in a wig, yeah, that's what we'll do, that's what we'll do, I mean, he's, he's great, he's got gravitas, um, and, and, and everybody loves him. So we've got Captain Picard as the Beyonder in a curly blonde wig. And he's popping around and, you know, gathering all the heroes, um, including Cap. And, um, you know, I think Chris Evans kind of done with this anyway, so we don't have to give him that big of a part anyway. So, um, so everybody gathers up and, um, they go off to see Thanos and, um, they fly to his little planet and, um, at this point, we get a big action scene, right? Where, um, because of course they're met with resistance and you've got, you've got, uh, you know, Thor and Iron Man and, and, and all that crew and they're with the guardians and they're kind of flying their ships around and, you know, they're out in space with their iron suits and they're fighting off Chitari and all that stuff. And, um, and then they start looking around and they realize that the other, their friends are there, all the other heroes. And then the Hulk shows up, right? Bruce Banner Hulk shows up and, uh, oh, and we can have, you know, we'll we'll have to put in another scene where, um, that kind of explains where he was, what he was doing and how he got back in contact with, um, with Natasha and all that stuff. We'll, we'll put, we'll put it in there. We'll put it in. Um, so, uh, big, big battle scene against all the Chitari, and, you know, there's gotta be, we gotta have stakes, gotta have stakes, so some people have to get injured, um, some people maybe, uh, you know, taken out of action briefly, maybe just briefly, nothing serious, you know, these are, um, these are, you know, our, our breadwinners, and like I said, we want that big, uh, big hero scene at the end, so, um, finally they fight through all the Chitari and even Loki shows up because, you know, everybody loves Tom Hiddleston. Let's be straight about that. You know, if he's, if he's not in a movie where Thor is, then what's the point of having Thor? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know. So, um, finally they get into Thanos's, Thanos, Thanos's, <laughs> Thanos's quote unquote throne room where, um, you know, he's sitting in his, in his floaty rock throne and, uh, all the Avengers are crowded onto this floating rock and, uh, they, they all, um, are primed for battle and, uh, Thanos finally stands up and turns around and he's wearing two infinity gauntlets and he punches them together fist to fist and a bright flash of light happens. And that's the end of the film. That's it. It's a big cliffhanger. Everybody wants to see the battle uh, between, you know, every Avenger ever and also Wolverine and Thanos. And that's that's just all the second movie is. Uh, that's, uh, that's all the second one is. It's just a three-hour battle of, you know, the Avengers versus Thanos with his two Infinity Gauntlets. Um... And, uh, and yeah, you know what, bring in the Russo brothers to write that one because I did all the hard work. Okay. I got them all to that point. So thank you, Marvel. Uh, I will look for my check in the mail and, and, and you're also, you're welcome Russo brothers because, uh, I did your job for you. All right. I did the hard work. 
So, you know, get it together, guys. I, I've just handed you this on a silver platter. And all you got to do now is write the stupid thing. Just, just make a cool fight scene for three hours. All right? Just, just get it together. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to Panel Riots. You can check it out. Panelriot.com. We're all on Twitter. Everybody's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Um, thank you to our Patreon listeners, subscribers, supporters. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Sorg. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Just a giant turkey just flew in front of the, the Panel Riot... The Panel Riot... My car A giant turkey flew in front of my car Sorry everybody Um, Thank you, yes, thank you to all our Patreon supporters You scale 1 to 10 You're the best Uh, You listen to us on iTunes Leave us, rate us, review 5 stars We're on Google Play Uh, And panelriot.com I love you Thank you for listening we're all in this together. Bye. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine.